Hey guys, guys, and otherwise, this is Jonathan O'Roseland. And I'm Noah, also known as Polyphonic, and you're listening to Horns and Wings, the podcast where we look at Saga, aka the greatest comic ever written, one panel at a time. This week's panel is... Uh-huh. <laughs> panel 5362, uh, which is oddly uh, just a solid black panel. Uh, so join us next week, and here's our outro theme song. Uh, did someone play the theme song yet? Oh, did they? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. I don't remember. Way to go, George Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you sit in that one for a second. You know, yeah. I always yeah, I always come up no, I, I always come up with these cute little one-liners to set up like the issue and stuff at the beginning of every episode. I'm just gonna let you I'm just gonna you know what? I'm, I'm tossing it over to you this time. What do you got for us, Noah? Really set up this this issue, and then we'll and then we'll lead right into that theme song. Set up which issue, John? Issue issue thirty six of of Saga. There we go. Now we can play the theme song. <laughs> All right, we're in it. And Noah, this is the thing that I said. Let's save it for the uh, podcast, even though it might be nothing. Uh, did you see the Sandman casting? I did see the Sandman casting. What do you think? I feel good about it. I, I feel really good about it. I mean, I don't know. I've, I don't know if I've ever seen the actor who's playing Dream in anything. Yeah, But I either. also think that's better. Like, I feel like yeah, I don't yeah. want someone I know to be playing Dream. Yeah. Gwendolyn Christie as L- Lucifer is also that's incredible. Perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Uh, Haley's actually been reading through Sandman for the first time. and Oh, that's exciting. Sandman is legitimately one of my favorite comics ever, and I have read it a total of once times. I've I never finished it. Oh, you suck. <laughs> but it is is just like such a magical, perfect experience and such like an, an endeavor because it's like thousands of pages and and it's but it's just so it's so fucking good yeah so yeah I, I i'm i'm crazy about the casting i don't know about the actual uh we haven't had the best luck with neil gaiman shows and also i was trying to express to Haley the other day the first season of american gods was really good yeah that and then it and then no <laughs> but, uh, and so now and I, you know i was i was i was i was cool with uh with uh what was the uh, Michael Sheen, David Tennant, Angel, and oh, oh, Good Demon. Omens, Good Omens, that, that was, was great. Good. Yeah, I, that's probably my favorite so far. But uh, well, American Gods had some fucking uh, American God for for Orlando Jones was was the fucking peak for me. But anyway, uh, I was I was trying to explain to Haley how much of a fuck you the Lucifer show is, which she's watched. She watched oh all God, of like yeah. Lucifer before reading Sandman. I was like, now you can understand now that you're reading Sandman. It's like if they if they created a Avatar the Last Airbender show and and Aang was uh transported to modern day New York in which he helped solve crimes and then nothing else about this about uh uh Avatar ever comes up again. And it's just like yeah. from the mind of Neil Gaiman. It's like fuck you. Yeah, it's like Ugh. it's Neil Gaiman who dared to imagine Lucifer as a handsome dude. That's that's <laughs> Remember when I think he left uh hell maybe? 
Was yeah. that the plot of one of those? Well, it's a police thing now. <laughs> I, I, I also, I, I'm also uh, excited to see it's a diverse cast. Um, yeah, I, I like. Oh, that Cain and Abel casting is yeah. so. Did, have you watched Taskmaster yet? Because one of those guys no, is on Taskmaster. I have not watched Taskmaster. Oh, Taskmaster! We just made a million dollars with that idea. Taskmaster. Oh, wait, hold on. Here's my pitch. You ready? It's a police procedural. <laughs> where a tax man must hunt down tax criminals. <laughs> uh, I love it. From the mind of Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. <laughs> comes the tax master. Uh, no, uh, yeah, no, it looks great. Also, I'm just as uh, pumped about the uh, the guy from, the bad guy from Logan being uh, the Corinthian. And I remembered yeah. how, yeah. just because I remembered like, oh, the Corinthian's kind of the thing that makes me pumped about a live-action Sandman. The Corinthian is going to... Uh, it's going to be the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to love it. Yes. <laughs> uh, and well, I did make a prediction to Haley. I was like, how much do you want to bet that like 99% of this show will be just modern day? And that's the thing that oh, really yeah. bummed me out. It's yeah. like, we, if you, hey, you liked all that William Shakespeare stuff? Congrats. Uh, you might get a flashback for a scene or some bullshit. If I don't get if I don't get an episode that's Hob Gadling, I'm a fucking flip. Oh I mean, it doesn't God. need to be this season, but just uh, just give me give me a, a full episode of that, and uh, and then just a full uh, Boss Smiley arc season, and that's it. That's all I need. And, uh, and honestly, honestly, just give me a season where it's a 10 episode season and each one is just one of the standalone stories. Give me a season where one of them is Hob Gadling, one of them is the Midsummer mm-hmm. Night's Dream. Like, like, give oh, me a se- give yeah. us, give us one of the death book spinoffs as yeah. a season, please. Yeah, exactly. I, that was another thing I said. I was like, I really want Sandman to just like straight up not show up at all or barely show up in some episodes. Yeah, just make it fucking like leftover stuff, just basically. Just just, just make it adapt to the comic Damon is Lundlop what we're saying. Yeah, just make you know what? Actually, just put the comic up on the screen. Just have just have a very pleasant man uh, hold the comic book up to a camera and then slowly turn the pages, <laughs> and I will be content. Uh, but hey, let's talk about this other comic too because I forgot that this is what we do. Uh, Noah, we're on issue thirty-six of this, and the end of what volume six, five, five, yeah, six? volume. Volume six, six, because this is the ah, end of my second dude. omnibus. Shit. Yeah. Oh, that's that. We're boy, we're flying. We're two thirds of the way there. Oh, uh, I wonder what I. I feel like we might have a- accidentally covered these like in real time of like when they came out. <laughs> like the, we were covering these at the same speed. Yeah. As, as their release, uh, which I'm okay with. But yeah, no, this is this is a good book, and this cover is. Uh, fuck this, off. It's this so is good. one of my favorite covers. I love it's this cover. Fucking up there. I'd have to it's gotten to the point where there are too many uh covers for me to remember uh to where I can confidently say off the top of my head that this is my favorite, but this is very well could be my favorite without having to do the legwork, the brain work of remembering other shit. Th- this this arc it feels like Fiona Staples like really went in on the details of the painted covers and like really really used the mm-hmm. re- really used it to her advantage like so so in case you want to know what we're talking about this is a yes, very very wide shot of 
the will walking across cliffs with Sweet Boy behind him, and just this giant wave crashing up against the cliffs. And, and like, the will is maybe, like, an inch and a half tall on the on the cover and it's it's mostly just dominated by this kind of profound landscape it's a cover that you can hear and smell when you look at it it reminds you i love the ones that remind you of where we left off and are just ominous as fuck yeah like like i knowing how the last one ended with the literal cliffhanger i i don't want to see this it's gorgeous and i and i hate looking at it because it fills me with dread and just just the visual metaphor of the will as like a storm almost you know with like the waves crashing behind him like him being walking like a force of nature yeah but then there's also this like weird serenity to it as well which it, yeah, I mean everything about it screams like, you know, this this could very well be one of those fucking issues, dude. <laughs> this yeah. ain't gonna be. This ain't gonna be no pleasure cruise. Uh, this is. I, I'm not looking forward to it. And yet we're gonna talk about it. Should I do? Should I do see number one? I think you should. Okay. We open on a sign depicting a cartoon horned child running with scissors with uh fuck what do you <laughs> like the big ghostbusters no-no symbol over it <laughs> is there is that a word the name for, that? for it <laughs> there is there it's the ghostbusters no-no symbol yeah that's that's the word <laughs> and the episode title i believe it uh, comes from the ancient greek <laughs> <laughs> uh so the narration says uh every school is dangerous and then marco portals into the prison classroom decked out with his crash helm and bat people shield and sword the narration continues talking about how we convince ourselves that children are safe in schools, but deep down we know that's a fantasy, that the worst case scenario isn't improbable, it's inevitable. Quote, death is so fucking predictable. And with that, a shiv is raised to Marco's neck. We turn the page to see the shiv holder, Petricor. That's my barbarian name, by the way. Shiv shiv holder, holder. Petricor. (laughs) (laughs) She's speaking perfect language, thanks to Marco's translator ring. And she sniffs Marco and realizes he's Hazel's father. Petricor is confused as to how Marco fits into Noreen's escape plan. Marco's confused as to who the fuck Noreen is. And cut to Noreen's escape plan. (laughs) Clara and Lexus watch from afar as Miss Noreen carries a box she says is full of filthy art smocks. But we know is a box full of Hazel. Unbeknownst to them but nonced to us. Uh, <laughs> very guard, to us. Very nonced to us. Uh, the guard asks to check the box since they've had to upgrade security after some coup at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, sorry, Fang. And Noreen panics, says she forgot her phone in the classroom and turns to leave, but the guard pulls her gun, says, drop it, please. And that's where we leave off this first scene. Shit's going down already. Oh, and we have some blue that we have to uh, oh, oh yeah translate because Clara's talking to Lexus. What do we think? What do you think Clara's saying to Lexus here? So Lexus says can't ghost girl lend a hand here and um uh I think Clara's saying no is basically Isabel needs the sun to be down or something. You fucking idiot. Oh. Says no Isabel until sunset. Hey! All right. 
I'm I'm pretty good at blue. But who knows? We don't know if she needs it or if she wants it to be down. No, she needs We're not it. Sure. That's okay. Yeah, we. She could. She. Who knows? Maybe what, she's just finickety. Lies. Yeah. No. Maybe. Maybe when they were on the ice planet, she just didn't come out for a while because she didn't feel like it. Talk to me in my college years, and I would absolutely say I cannot come out <laughs> while the sun is up. <laughs> I don't know what phase she's in. It's hard to keep a schedule, especially with a baby. But yeah, no. Let's let's start with the beginning here. I love this. That's such a that's such a great. We we have lost the splash page, the opening splash page again. But we get the uh, great transition from uh, the kid running with scissors, yeah. who also looks like a young Marco. Yeah, and then cut to Marco with his his sword in the classroom. This hazel narration. This is something that's going to appear kind of throughout the throughout the issue. Uh, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, we're going to talk more about this issue. Um, but throughout the issue, there, there's this, this kind of lingering thing of Hazel just kind of like hint, the, the whole, the whole thread of her is talking about death and there's always th- this kind of like lingering idea of death in the air. And it's, it's very tense when you're reading it. It really, especially because you know, that saga just mercilessly kills people. Um, I think it's it's very much playing into the it's playing into the knowledge that nobody is safe and really mm-hmm. really tugging at your emotions. The fact that they're focusing on specifically school is dangerous, and the fact that going into this, the two people most at risk uh, are Hazel and uh, Squire. Yeah, and so. The fact that the the whole issue is just like, or the the you know at least this narration is just like, hey, kids aren't safe. It's like oh, yeah, shit. really yeah. playing into the fucking awful feelings I got from that cover. Uh, but also I want to point out because this is from April 2016, uh, and so this is what a know, time, much, what a great yeah. time. <laughs> Oh God, uh, the the good old days when we just had to worry about Bowie dying. Uh, but this is also very much the the height of uh, a lot of anxiety around uh, school shootings. So this feels, I mean, this would absolutely absolutely be something that was on Brian K. Vaughn's oh, mind, as it yeah. was with everyone's minds at the time. Uh, but well, ev- yeah. everyone's minds in the states. That's a pretty well, localized yeah, yeah. problem. But yeah, I, I that is that's so that's so smart. Like especially with the fact that you know he's obviously not specifically citing that, but it's almost that like sort of end of end of get out effect where it's like when you see the cop car lights and you're just like oh god uh, like oh fuck my understanding of how society works yeah makes me is why i'm anxious about this and so like that he is smart enough to not have to cite things specifically for to prey on that sort of uh underlying dread of americans of uh you know just how terrifying yeah uh, schools are right now <laughs> the, what else do we got in these first pages that's that's great and also fuck them for making me feel like this i love petricor saying you're one healthy slab of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh i mean well yeah i'm so petricor w- uh speaking uh fluid language yeah uh, is is a delight and i'm 
fucking happy about it. I also think it's a, this is a neat little, um, a cool little bit of lettering. You can see Petricor is framed really nicely here so that her one horn kind of leads you into her speech bubbles. Yeah. Um, that's just some, some nice frame composition there. That's, that's one thing which, you know, that's why like her profile from, uh, you know, her right side is so good with her, her horn layout and it's such a nice asymmetry. Uh, which is something that I wish I had paid more attention to to see how they use it for eyeline and framing and stuff earlier. But yeah, I get the feeling we're going to see a lot of Petricor on the left side in conversation. Yeah. Uh, because her, her horns compliment. But speaking of lettering, uh, this is something that I was, I was actually talking to Haley about because Haley, of course, is a letterer. Uh, and this is something that always, always, always sticks out to me. Uh, and I wanted to bring it bring it up here. It's such a such a nitpick, but I think that you know it's something that letterers can really learn from. Uh, and it is notice on the third page. There's the exit to civilian parking sign. Yeah, and you can very much tell that it is. You can tell it's put in by the letterer because it's literally just like a you know default font like all caps font. Yeah. And I, I was just like, why does that always stick out to me? Why does that always bother me when letters add text to like uh, a page? And then I realized like, it's, it's literally just the fact that like, it looks how it should look in reality. Like if you typed that font onto that sign, that's exactly how it would look, but nothing else looks how it actually looks in reality as realistic as fiona staples uh, yeah uh, art is if you i mean just looking at like the lines outlining that sign there is variations in the thickness of the lines uh with all of the hard angles and stuff uh that are very clearly hand drawn and uh and that's what i was talking to Haley about it and we decided that you know just the pretty much the solution whenever you're doing environmental text like that as a letterer is you do what they've done here uh where you figure out because like the perspective is perfect and everything it is just the consistency of those lines and stuff and uh we were talking about how like you know the solution might be ask the uh ask the artist what brush tip they used uh, mm-hmm. if they did digital inking and then going back over those letters and just using that that pen tip to uh, or that brush tip to go back over it just to make it feel like it's more in the environment because I don't know why that is just always whenever you see like a newspaper article or anything yeah. like that in a comic it always sticks out to me as just like just something added on top of the art instead of being a part of it uh so yeah that's just a little that's a little lettering thing Some, something else i love in this scene is just the physical <laughs> comedy of noreen is hilarious <laughs> like the yeah. look on her eye when they say the security's bumped up by the way the security up yep. to code gray is also hilarious in this prison yeah. where it's just like everything <laughs> is gray there's code purple and code gray and that's it yeah I, I love these two panels on the next page where, like, it's, like, Noreen approaching the guard and then Noreen turning around and scrambling away. Yeah, Noreen continues to be a fucking treat. Oh, one thing I notice. I'm just full of nitpicks today, but just an interesting thing. I realized that the Crash Helm is a little uh, discriminatory towards uh, differently horned people. Well, Have it's, you noticed that? it's I, I don't think that it's 
all crash helms necessarily because that's like their family crash helm right no this is the one they stole from the museum oh well then yeah it's uh, oh yeah oh yeah. yeah yeah so they're they're racists yep or ableists i i'm pretty yes. sure i'm pretty sure that the entire the entire point of uh of of saga is that both sides are racist. <laughs> yeah, but acknowledge my observation, <laughs> please. Uh, but yeah, I want. I just. I I want that to be. I mean, fucking knowing saga, it's like plot point in the future that uh, Vez is going to be able to yeah. fucking or like that Rhino guy that uh, Prince Robot interrogated in like issue three just isn't going to be able to use a crash helm because his horns don't fit into it. <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I just really love the acting here when uh, Petricor is sniffing. It's, it's good facial expressions mm -hmm. by Fiona Staples. Mm -hmm. Other than that, I think I'm, I'm pretty much uh, I'm pretty much good to go on to the next scene if you are. Ah, uh, yes, I am. Let's do it. We end that scene on some THN F first first THN that we've mentioned since the uh, since the break. I think. Welcome back. Oh yeah, there wasn't. Th sorry, just the, I wanted to point out there wasn't any uh, narration last issue, which we yeah. totally missed. Yeah, and that's only happened like once or twice before, uh, which is interesting because Hazel was in that issue for a scene, but we just didn't need it. Yeah, I, f I feel like we would have noticed it more if we had been reading regularly, but... Uh, yeah, if we were good at our jobs. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> Wait, this is a job? You get paid for well, this? for you. <laughs> oh, that doesn't, that's not what makes it a job. <laughs> it's that It's that uh, dying in your heart that oh, makes yeah, it a job. Oh, yeah, I know. Okay, then is this is definitely a job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Teachers always promise that students are in a safe place, but most of us figure out that's a lie pretty fast. And then we turn to the next page. My very first fire drill was all the confirmation I needed that the worst can happen anywhere, anytime. As Hazel says that, we get a wide shot of the Star Whacker, and then we cut inside. Doff is using the tooth of a Sky Shark to cut his ropes. Upshur tries to tell him that his effort is futile. But Doff says, I plan to go out shooting, looking at his camera, which I love. <laughs> we turn the page and we're outside. The Will and Goose are facing off. Goose is threatening the Will and he swears on the buried treasure of, of the House <laughs> of Goose, which is great. <laughs> and then Sweet Boy does his snuffed thing right into Frendo, sending Frendo unconscious and Goose goes flying. Goose stands up and puts on his war face, hissing at the will before running at him and chopping the will's fucking fingers off with the axe. Like, <laughs> five, four, four fingers, no thumb, just gets four fingers in one fucking clean fucking swoosh. right hand, too. Yeah. Jesus. The will punches Goose in the face with his other hand. And we end on some more transitional hazel narrer, narrer, narrer. some transitional Mary. hazel narrer. <laughs> we found the perfect abbreviation. Uh, we we <laughs> we end on some traditional hazel narration that says, even if they've never seen it happen, most kids understand that all lives end. Oh, what you, you can't fucking say that. 
on a panel where Goose is being punched in the face. Goose has kind of done the most damage. Or, well, I love that it's literally Goose and Sophie that have done the yeah. most damage to the will. <laughs> that, that dude uh, lets his guard down. I want I want Goose and Sophie to team up. They they'd be unstoppable. <laughs> Goose and Sophie killed the saga universe. Yeah. <laughs> I I did mention Goose, but it's really worth noting that the Hazel narration, even if they've never seen it happen, most kids understand that all lives end is wrapped around Squire, which goes back into kind yeah. of what you were talking about with with dead kids. Yeah, wrapped around Squire, and we're getting uh, our first proper violence against Goose that I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> but I am fucking well. a huge fan of our first proper violence from Goose. <laughs> that was That was fantastic. Yeah, I I love <laughs> Goose's like a good moment. hissing face he makes too, which is it's very it oh, yeah. looks very much like like uh, when an animal goes kind of feral. Also that that fucking the uh blood smear on his axe in that in that fr- uh panel where he's he's chopping off the fingers. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I good. didn't notice that. That's such a good little detail. Uh uh also, uh I appreciate I appreciate call this a John theory, if you will. Oh, the fact John that the shark had. head, the fact that the shark head makes a shk noise, which is really just an abbreviation for shark. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it's essentially that's a thing that uh, that uh, Matt Fraction does a lot in comics. Uh, where he'll just use the the word of the thing making the noise as the noise. So, like, if glass breaks, it'll just say, glass. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. And, and, and I'd, I'd like to think it's somewhat intentional. Does, does he do that? It, well, I feel, like, I feel like that's also cool in his, uh, in his Hawkeye. Yeah. Oh, that's what the glass is yeah. from. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's really cool. Although, if you want to see the best, the best onomatopoeia uh, ever, uh, Matt Rosenberg's uh, four kids walk into a bank, which is a bank heist thing with children. He'll use words that sound like onomatopoeia, but are related to the thing that's happening. Uh, the main one I remember is like someone getting hit in the face with like uh, a pizza, and the sound effect being sabaro. <laughs> it just made me really happy. Go check out Four Kids Walking to a Bank. That's a that's a our, our fans would enjoy that one too. That's amazing. I just I just wanted to mention on these flying sharks here. Um, I don't know why it's taken us this long to say this, but um, mm-hmm. flying shark do 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 to do flying no, shark no, do do do. You know, hold on. So you didn't understand why it took us so long to ruin the podcast. <laughs> I just, I just, I feel like I, I'm, I want to sincerely apologize to my listeners. I should have picked that up earlier. Flying shark do 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 Flying shark do do do. the apology you owe right now, Noah. Oh, God. 
yeah, other things in this, this scene. No, almost... no, you don't get to move on. This sucks. <laughs> Wait, you just want to wallow in the flying shark? Yeah, no, give me a second. <laughs> just give you another reason to hate the flying sharks. Oh, God. You can't fucking spit in my podcast soup like that and just be like, well, on to the next bite. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, now I'm ready. I know I've said this before, but I will never not love the sniffed sound effect while we're on sound. Oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. And then the the action of Frendo going down and throwing Goose off. I really love those panels. They're very kind of like active panels where like yeah. you can see Frendo kind of bucking up and then falling down. And you see Goose's cute little buttons, cute little toesies flying in the air. The, the amount of work that... Fiona's uh, grass is doing in these panels yeah. is so fucking cool because it it literally feels like action uh, like lines like movement lines yeah uh, it's always facing in the direction of where you should be looking look at uh, uh, when the will is facing down like what do we get to see on the opposite page yeah uh, that sort of establishing shot and all the grass is leading you uh, to the right side of the panel to kind of and and then when direction. and then when Frendo is unconscious and Goose has like his hands on them, it's all leading you up the hill and curving uh, up to the will again. That that has such a like yeah this this feels like yeah that like when uh, when Frendo's toppling over, it feels like the camera's moving in because of the the grass with that uh, Frendo unconscious and Goose trying to push him over uh, or check on him or whatever. Uh, it it feels kind of like that dolly zoom effect of like uh, yeah. Frodo looking down the empty road uh, in uh, Lord of the Rings. I think that a lot of this is something that comes from uh, we've talked about this a bit before, but like the anime or manga influences on uh, yeah. on Fiona Staples. I think she, she does a really cool way of like using a lot of the strengths of that, but mixing mm -hmm. them in with the environment to be to kind of fit in more traditionally with uh, the medium of Western comics. It's it's almost subliminal use of, of manga techniques, yeah. which there's a really good one I'll bring up, uh, I think, in like the next to last scene or something. But yeah, no, it's 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 brilliant. She has a really, really good handle on eyelines and where your eyes follow. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's something generally for those of you who don't really like uh, make art... Um, a lot of a lot of good visuals and good art kind of there's a path that your eyes it wants your eyes to naturally follow across the page mm -hmm. and, and that's even something that's even something I use in my videos or things like that and it's really really helpful to to especially in us in a static form like this it gives motion by having your eyes kind of follow and process the information, it creates this sense of motion because your eyes are moving. Yeah, I, I just want I want to see I want to see Fiona Staples direct a film. Yeah, it would be so gorgeously shot. An another example of the motion is like Goose's axe coming down over the hands. Like that panel is phenomenal. Oh my god, that that's another one that feels super anime with like Goose like in the air chopping downwards oh yeah no that feels that's that's i've been watching uh devil man cry baby for the first time and in terms of that anime style violence where the sort of viscera is hanging in the air a yeah bit longer than it should be like is is so effective 
Uh, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Also, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm not going to say it's a John theory. I, it might be a, it might be a big goof. Who knows? It might be a goof up. I'll let, I'll let you know. I'll let you know if it's a John theory or not. <laughs> but, but the, uh, the, the shot where Goose is kind of checking on or pushing against, uh, Frendo, uh, we get sort of a misty effect on, uh, the stalk, but not on the Justice Far Back uh squire so do you think that it's just a matter of fiona staples remember to add the sort of uh desaturated mist effect to the stock and not squire or do you think it is sort of like a very subtle uh she is illusory type thing i think it actually is a subtle reminder that she's an illusion yeah especially because yeah. usually when you see her being an illusion it's just the will and the stock in the frame right like right. that's yeah. that's most of the time it, it'll if there's anyone else in the frame the will is talking to himself mm-hmm. yeah but but this time because there's other people in the frame i think it does kind of remind you a little bit subliminally that she's not real yeah especially since like you know what it, what it, it very well could be because she is not in this scene until this point even though we see where she's standing uh, in the establishing shot earlier, uh, it could sort of be her like phasing in. Uh, mm, in that's way. true too. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. I also just really want to commend Fiona Staples for making Goose somehow terrifyingly vicious and cutting people's fingers off, but in the same panel, making me just want to boop him on his little snoot. <laughs> I, I'm glad that we finally get the uh Chekhov's goose of uh yeah. <laughs> of him coming at him coming at Prince Robot uh earlier in the with the axe uh in the series and, and now we get to see him actually use it. It's fantastic. A lot of goose character building here too with the uh the, uh, the didn't even mention goose, the buried yeah. treasure Goose swears goose. on the harried, buried oh. treasure of the House of Goose. Oh. <laughs> we need that spinoff. Oh my god. That's what that's what a live action saga series needs to be is the House of Goose. Yeah, I'm I'm all uh, about the House of Goose. Uh good shit. I think that's all I needed to say. Oh, oh, last thing, last thing uh point out is I love the uh the sort of uh lowercase punctuationless you. Uh, when the will has yeah. his, is reacting to his, his fingers. Like, I don't even especially know the intention of how that is being said aloud, uh, except for sort of disbelief. I think disbelief is exactly what it is, and I think it really it really conveys it. Yeah, and it's, it's such a cool little trick, and I'm sure that, you know, now that since they've figured out this nice little subtle trick, uh, I'm sure it will not be done... Uh, ad nauseum, Noah, in the rest of this very issue. Should we get to the next scene? Yeah, let's do it. The narrator continues. <laughs> Even if they never see it happen, happen, most kids understand that all lives end, some sooner than others. Uh, we are back in the prison. Noreen slowly sets down the box at gunpoint. Hashtag all lives end. <laughs> Like an asshole. Uh, <laughs> Noreen slowly sets down the box at gunpoint. Just then, Clara shouts something in blue at Lexus and punches her in the face. Uh, the guard turns her gun towards Clara. 
Uh, a look of blind panic on Noreen's face, followed by her reactively kicking the guard hard in the back of the head with two of her front legs. Uh, the guard hits her head against the opposite wall, knocking her fully unconscious. Just then, Clara hears, Mom, you you have tattoos. Marco and Petricor have appeared. Uh, Hazel pops up out of the box, apologizing for being too scared to wait anymore. She locks eyes with Marco. Uh, he kneels in front of her, extending Hazel's doll, Ponkonk, who I forgot about, towards her. He says he doesn't know if she remembers the doll or remembers him, but... And then Hazel interrupts him with her eyes welling up, saying, Daddy. Uh, the narration comes back in with the story of how Marco cried the first time he got on a school bus because he thought he'd never see his family again. Despite this, Marco actually loved being a student. School taught him how much he loved being home. And then Hazel tearfully hugs Marco, saying Daddy over and over again. Oh my this god. This made me cry, Noah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot a of bunch. there's a lot of emotions in in this uh, in this episode or this this issue. Yeah, this one hit me hard. Uh, but speaking of hit hard, I fucking love the Noreen. It's so good. <laughs> Just like panicking, fucking someone up with a loud uh, a loud pink crack, which I think like. Yeah, it, it matches. Uh, it matches specifically. Uh, just Hazel's shirt in this. I love that they just use a totally different color that matches yeah. the overall tone of the the scene, but on that page just to get that shock and impact of her getting kicked by these. It it, it seems like almost like a a horse getting kicked by like a, standing behind a horse or something. It's it's such good use of Noreen's character design. Yes, yeah. Like, yeah, this feels like a thing that, that uh, praying mantises do. Yeah, again, this is kind of, like, motion and eye lines, and there is some more of that kind of, like, uh, like air, air lines, mm -hmm. but also the way that Noreen's, like, torso goes back for the kick, it really makes you think of the kind of, like, explosiveness of a praying mantis. Yeah, yeah, and also, I, that's, this is the thing I really like, is barely capturing the the action in the frame yeah almost as if like you know it's a camera that's suddenly trying to keep up with it or something yeah it it definitely the, the fact that like the the guard falls off sp screen really conveys the explosive speed too yeah yeah okay no i have a story <laughs> a story that i literally just remembered because i was trying to think of why does why does Hazel popping out of the box remind me of something? And then I just remembered, uh, in first grade, uh, there was a Christmas play that I was in, and I always I always like went out of my way to be like the whatever goofy the goofiest flamboyant most absurd character that I could do the dumbest shit with is you? always the really <laughs> fucking believe it or not, and. Uh, and so I was this this mischief making like evil elf uh, who would just like come in like uh, just fuck shit up for everyone anytime he'd show up. He was essentially. Uh, do you remember what's changed? <laughs> who's the who's the 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 guy that plays the transporter? Jason Statham. Jason Statham. 
I'm his character in uh, Fast and Furious Seven, where he's not actually the main bad guy or anything. He just shows and ruins. He shows up and ruins everything for everyone, and then leaves. Is that this was a me bad this, time to tell out. you that I've never seen? I, I'm pretty sure the only the, the last Fast and Furious movie I saw was Tokyo Drift, or maybe the third one. I hate them all, and I am friends with uh, people who love them, and I and I hate watch them. I've watched probably all of them. Uh, although I will say. Hobbs and Shaw is one of the best fucking movies I've ever seen in my life. How dare you? That one gets how, it. How dare you insult Tokyo Drift like that? <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, so I was I was this elf, and the the I was not in the play until halfway into this, I don't know, probably 20-minute play or something. It felt like forever. I mean, this is first grade. It felt like an hour-long play. And uh, until halfway into that, I had to hide in a box that was on the stage the whole time. Uh, So I was literally just crouched in this tiny box. And I had to wait to hear my line to which someone say, like, (laughs) here's a bowl of whatever. And then I would pop out of the box and say, did somebody say bull? And then grab this one person and like roll them as if I was bowling them because I'm a <laughs> fucking agent of chaos, baby. And uh, so the thing I didn't factor uh, because we didn't really do a full <laughs> run through. Did someone was say how bowl muffled, earlier? Oh. <laughs> was how muffled it would be inside this box. Don't get ahead of me here, Noah. <laughs> and so, so it felt like, it felt like to the point where where it, it was like this is taking so long i had i had they had to have said it by now like if it, it feels like it's taking hours that i'm just crouched in this like oxygen deprived <laughs> tidy space could even poke holes in this box and then i hear it i hear it, the fucking bull line uh and i pop out uh and here's the thing I think I hear the full line. Yeah. <laughs> and so I pop out in the middle of someone else's line and just shout, did somebody say bull? And the fucking Santa Claus kid just turns to me and says, no. What a legend. <laughs> that so Santa Claus kid is amazing. <laughs> And then I just like look to my teacher who's off stage and she just is pointing down. And so I just slowly crouch down into my box of shame. I feel like that makes it even funnier if you did you did you actually hit your cue later? Uh yes, yeah, I did. It was just it was I, I feel like I saved this play for all the, the parents watching this morning. <laughs> yeah, what, did you, did you read the reviews? What did, what did Rotten Tomatoes have to say about your play? <laughs> this is probably pre-internet. This is 1983. Uh, but yeah no i I just i just i somehow buried that in the into the depths of my mind but but hazel (laughs) popping out when she wasn't supposed to just made it all fun back and i'm kind of disappointed she didn't say did anyone say bull (laughs) that would have that would have really that would have really helped the emotional tension stakes of this really beautiful reunion scene i don't think you're understanding the the true the soul and the beauty of the, the soul line. and the bowl <laughs> the, the bowl and the sooty 
of the internal the internal line uh did somebody say bull <laughs> all right <laughs> it needs to be non sequitur it needs to ruin everything that's the whole point Noah. uh so, i have nothing else to say about this scene i think it's fucking beautiful and, and it made me cry i i love the look on clara's face when she sees marco too like that's such a it, it's such a yeah good like fiona staples does emotion really well she's she's really talented i don't know if we've said that enough yeah she's all right what she's all right she's all right all right she's all right all right next scene uh yep your turn Goose is lying on the ground. Did somebody a... say bull? <laughs> I knew that was coming. Hey! <laughs> you you should have you should have waited and done that it. later. <laughs> no, I did, but I wanted to, I wanted to give Haley a chance to to not fuck up the score over this uh, <laughs> this next summary. So I got out of the way early. Okay, go ahead. But it could come at any second. I want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> Goose is lying on the ground with a head wound, and Squire begs the Will not to hurt him, revealing a kid's drawing of a white flag on his screen. The Will picks up Squire and begins to choke him, saying, Long ago I promised I was going to kill your daddy, but not until I killed everything he ever loved first. He's interrupted by a voice off-screen, or off-page, and turns around to see the brand, judging him for being a murderous psychopath. We quickly realize that it's another hallucination, and the brand says the stock wasn't a love, but another dumb obsession to make him feel better. The will begins to break down and start crying. He says he misses everyone. The brand says, sure, but offing some random kid isn't going to make it hurt less. And then the will says he doesn't know what else to do. So the brand tells him, go ask the one chick who calls you on all your bullshit. I know who that is. I think it's Lion Cat. I was gonna, I was gonna have a joke. Oh no, I know the, the you know this, you know the centipede boob lady <laughs> on Sextillion. That's it. So, so from there we get a wide shot of the brand walking away with Sweet Boy, as seen through the lens of Doff's newt eye camera. Upshur is panicking, but Doff is calm and happy, and he's just, he's just thrilled that they're alive and he and upshur kiss oh there's a lot of really sweet scenes in this and it's the whole thing there's just this sense of impending doom as these <laughs> sweet things are happening yeah that's such a nice kiss too it's that's a really a sweet kiss. kiss yeah just the just the i think it's specifically uh upshur's upshur's eyes and just the the smizing he's doing yeah this yeah i think it's, it's really nice it's good because I was getting real fucking sick of Upshur's shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, he did he did drop another uh uh fat shame earlier in this issue. He's just he's so. just really been getting on my nerves, so it's nice to humanize him a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I love everything about this scene too. Just there's so many emotions in this issue. The the will breaking down and like the two panel reveal of kind of the back of his head and then he turns and there's tears in his eyes and he just says, I miss you. I miss everybody. Mm -hmm. Like you just, you just feel for him and you realize, I, I feel like since he's been back, he's been this like unstoppable menacing force. 
and and mm-hmm. in this moment you suddenly realize no he's just a broken broken man yeah i kind of i like i kind of wish this this scene got to be just a whole issue yeah because it's really fucking good i i you know what i kind of want there to just here's a here's an idea for you brian okay we're on a first day basis bry 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 brad give me give me an arc where uh each issue is just one scene oh like that's all i want just a whole arc full of the because we we've gotten that essentially once with the uh prince robot and yeah yeah that was was so good the like fucking best so i just want i just want like essentially six stage play scenes uh across six issues it would just make me really happy but yeah this this is real hard it's really creepy the the panel where like the brand like is talking about the stock half her face turns into the stock's eyes which is really creepy they do such a good job of humanizing absolutely everyone and like just as you're like just as you think you've lost any empathy you have for the will because he's a murderous psychopath bkv just pulls you back in and you're just you're just crying for him you're just you just have all of the feels and and you just mm-hmm. i i miss the brand i get how yeah. he misses the brand because i miss the brand you want to be you want to be heartbroken by something i just realized what the panel after the brand shows up where we see the will saying sophie and you see the brand is like sort of petting uh sweet boy but sweet boy is like looking behind himself i i think i honestly think that it's the it's the will saying sophie and it's sweet boy looking around for sophie oh my god which is devastating to me (laughs) oh why <laughs> but can we just appreciate like i i yeah i love i love this i love there's there's not as much uh this book is very reactionary and it has that game of thrones feeling where it it's is like, a reactionary text i agree it should be burned because it's reactionary <laughs> <laughs> uh but it's like person a does this and in response then person b is on this plot line throughout this arc until they interact with this other person. Yeah. But this is such a rarity for this book. And is, it is what makes this so fucking impactful is that it is the will essentially, I mean, he's literally projecting, yeah. but it's essentially him deciding for himself, stopping himself before he goes too far that he does not want to go down this path. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it just has that much more of a, a punch because like you know you wouldn't get half of this response if it was like and then doff came up and hit him over the head with a camera and then everyone got away like <laughs> the fact that it's the fact that he has that sort of autonomy yeah. here is is really really effective yeah yeah it's not well and and this is the thing too is i feel like i feel like when you see a voice off screen it's like like there definitely is uh all, all, already in this arc a lot of like person swoops in off screen to stop something and then it it's mm-hmm. it's not that it's just and the panel where it cuts to the brand like no gutters the brand just leaning on a rock looking fucking cool as hell yeah god i love their shoes too Ugh. and you know what it, fucking noah 
fucking know it. I didn't even remember this, but this is vindication for my Sweet Boy theory last issue, where I was like, maybe Sweet Boy's seeing the brand. You're like, oh, it can't be the brand. It has to be your first, like, uh, sexual love or whatever. No, it's just, it's, it's That's true. Is, uh, brother and That's sister. true. That's true. So, you know, uh, Mark, you know, and then that was the one. That was the only one where I was like, maybe this theory doesn't hold water. But you know what? I shouldn't have doubted myself because <laughs> all of them is right. All of them is right. Still still on the still on the telepathic upshur and doff train. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm even though even though uh, the writer is not. <laughs> I am. <laughs> uh, it's good shit. Hey, this is a good book. This is, you know what? That's why they call it the good book. The good book. He <laughs> coined that. Should we, should we get these, get these last two scenes out of here? Yes. This next one's a short one, uh, but it, it, it shifts tones so quickly here that I thought we'd break it up a bit. So, back at the prison, Marco slashes a new portal into the air with the bat sword. Uh, they send Hazel through, assuring her that her teacher is going to be okay since the guard never saw what hit her. Hazel calls back to her teacher as she hops into the portal. Thank you so much, Noreen. You read stories real good, and you were always super, and gets cut off by the teleportation. Uh, Marco apologizes to the others for only being able to take Clara through the portal now, uh, but she interrupts him with the news that she won't be leaving. Marco's shocked, saying, Mom, I'm not going to let you rot in here. Clara responds, Then let me thrive. I have a community with these people, a purpose. She adds, I'm so proud of you, baby boy. Seeing you become the man you are has been the greatest privilege of my life, and I know your father felt the same. And mm. there are lots of tears Fuck! from everyone <laughs> in the book and outside of the book. Uh, and meanwhile, in the background, Petricor says, well, if she doesn't want to take it out, as she leaps through the, por- the open portal herself. And Ugh. that's our little half a scene here. I just wanted us to, to not, not blow over that... Uh, just such a sweet it's really clo- very closure feeling scene. yeah it's nice to get a farewell to a character that's not a death and i mean maybe yeah. clara will come back we don't know um yeah l- like everything's fair game in saga but mm-hmm. it, it if she doesn't come back i also wouldn't be surprised you know and she's mm-hmm. not dead which is just swell and she is a she is, is a this... prisoner of war but she's not dead yeah I will point out, because, you know, obviously we are known to play coy about things we actually know about in this, to not to not spoil things, but I will say, from what we do know, Hazel has referenced uh, Grandma, and, like, a few times in the narration, with stuff that we don't necessarily know if it was things that she was told, like, in prison, if that's what, she, yeah. because she references things that Grandma said. Because she did spend, like... F- she grandma did basically raise her in prison yeah it's it, it's so so but there is there is potential for her to come back yeah but it, it's it's one of those i i like i like this this approach of like you know it's such a nice little send off here that it's like if she comes back hell yeah fuck yeah more clara uh if she doesn't then it's it's a totally satisfying like you can you can piece together the rest of her story from here yeah like her inciting you know riots and stuff <laughs> in in prison and and becoming the leader of the revolution. I just really love I really love scenes like this where 
characters that love each other and want to be together realize that it's for the best if they part ways. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's a trope that oh, I think it's that, is it's that it's that Casablanca thing. You can't get better than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really nice and yeah, just a lot of emotions in this in this issue. Yeah. Again, I was I was I I pr- I think I cried during this scene too. The the whole yeah. scene you become the man you have been is with the greatest privilege of my life is so good. I am I I am in an I am in an emotionally vulnerable state right now and <laughs> and reading this and no really one's even died yet. What's happening? <laughs> this is supposed to be the everyone dies and that's what makes me cry issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what are what are these tears of happiness about? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the, the the will one is not a tear of happiness. I I do wish if I had one if I had one uh semi criticism or just straight up criticism, uh I do wish they had done more to at least and I know it's not necessarily a thing that happens immediately, uh and they did sort of set it up with uh Clara being less bigoted towards Petricor, but uh. But it's it's kind of it kind of hurts her arc because she has such a nice arc of like going from this sort of conservative, bigoted sort of, you know, mother uh, to someone who's literally teaching prisoners like uh, the like spreading this uh, idea of diversity and in a new potential world and stuff and and accepting each other. And it's like, and that's such a satisfying arc and the idea of like, and now she's going to go off on this sort of adventure of, of bringing these people together to, you know, start the revolution. But then to introduce that whole thing to it of, of, but also no trans people, please in this, in our revolution of acceptance and, and love. And, uh, and then, you know, all we get is that, which, you know, is obviously sort of set up of, uh, all we get is. Lexus pointing out that she's a hypocrite with the with a quote yeah. from the book last issue, uh, and her her reaction of like, oh yeah, hmm, maybe I'm a dipshit on this in this regard, uh, and then but then you know leaving off with that is a little is a little disappointing. I wish we had I wish we had you know gotten a sort of like heart to heart scene with Petricor and Clara or something first. Uh, yeah, but you know otherwise. <laughs> barring that hey barring <laughs> that's okay the, that's that's his dad yeah I, I think that it's i think it's a really good send off for now <laughs> who knows should we should we do this last scene we're already starting to run long uh oh last thing last thing last thing last someone thing, last thing. took a fucking five minute interlude <laughs> to tell a childhood story about a box <laughs> Well, you're the idiot that brought up the Sandman casting news too. So, <laughs> uh, last thing though, because this is we actually talked about this before, but the uh, the sort of manga influence, uh, the the portal effect behind Marco when we see his reaction to the "I know your father felt the same" and everything, and his crying feels like such a you know that thing where there's the. Uh, lightning bolt type like yeah shatter like shock effect in in manga in the background like the revelation type of thing but just this sort of broken feeling i love that we get the edge of the terror portal uh that sort of torn shattered effect behind him uh that like might as well be his heart in this moment I... is is so cool and so effective 
I love the way he's framed here too. The way he's shot like slightly from below. It's a really good angle. It's cool. It's nice. Uh, and and also it's sort of like, you know, it's kind of matching her eyeline because she's looking up at him. Yeah, really puts you in that perspective. Hey, what happens on the what? Where, let's see the other side of this portal, Noah. We get a space shot of the rocket ship tree flying through the hive mine, and then we see inside Prince Robot in a Duke costume still is carefully stepping over the flesh of the dead tardigrade, while Alana is repairing the ship with what looks like a fire flower extinguisher. Uh, uh, nope, a flower fire extinguisher <laughs> spraying green mist. Hazel appears in a swoosh of golden light. Alana looks at her and, and does the you thing that you mentioned. Huh. A moment later, we hear Petricor shouting, Wingnut bitch. Petricor arrives and punches Alana in the face. And Robot steps, it, steps in with his cannon saying, Your dimwit husband sent us the wrong Mooney. <laughs> <laughs> then Marco appears and explains the situation. Petricor is disgusted by it, but says... You're just lucky I'd never fell a female who's expecting. Uh, uh, and then she says, I can smell it from here. You're pregnant. All throughout the scene, Hazel is narrating about death. And then we end on death is fucking predictable. And then we turn to the final splash. But life has science experiments and free time and surprise naps. And who knows what comes next. And it's a splash of Marco and Alana beside each other with Marco saying, oh, in shock, and Alana holding her stomach, smiling. <laughs> My God, John, an, an arc ended on some good, happy, cathartic stuff, and I'm oh sure nothing gosh. will go wrong ever again. Yeah. They're ha you know the, the, family, the family is united. You know what? Happily I know, ever after. I know this seems like a change of pace, but I'm going to make a prediction now. The next arc, yep, even more upbeat, even more positive. Yeah, that's my yeah, prediction. I think so. I think it's gonna be just the. It's just gonna be a parade of fun. <laughs> it's the next arc, <laughs> and so you know, I, I'm not even gonna take the time to appreciate it now because I, th I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm gonna take this for granted right now because I'm gonna get play more <laughs> of it in the future. But this is fucking fantastic. It's really nice. Um, that, I mean, generally, this whole arc, uh, we talked about from the beginning, from, like, the Marco and Alana robbery, which, by the way, you want to talk fucking projecting forward and fo foreshadowing. Uh -huh. First issue ends with Marco and Alana having sex for the first time in forever. Yeah. Last issue ends with uh, Alana being pregnant. Yep. Set up. And a fucking, I mean, even setting up the uh, her smelling uh yeah Marco, yeah like her magic nose toucan sam <laughs> also i like that petricor is also on the left side of the scene here yeah which i'm just gonna start keeping track of all this i think it's a really really good deception um that they do throughout this issue with the hazel narration where they're always talking about death and children dying and things like that and then they end on this happy note of people being reunited and end of new life. Uh, I want to go. I want to point out <laughs> the fact that we get we get two of the U's, the the uh, lowercase P 
periodless use. And also, we get the same thing when uh, she's saying daddy. It's the same way. Yeah, so yeah, the daddies. We're really milking that one. Aren't we? Okay. Okay. I like it. You're just, you're just, you're just shitting all over this comic. Today. Okay. You know what? Okay. Okay. That is, that is like my third criticism of this, this issue. But I'm gonna throw in one more here because I just realized how much I fucking hate in the second page of this scene. Uh, <laughs> Prince Robot's hand transforming into the beam. Yeah, it's, is it looks very flaccid. It looks like a fucking. Nothing but foreskin, and I really am not on board with this. No shame to foreskin, but uh, get it off your hand. <laughs> I I love this flower fire extinguisher with yeah. the, where the like seed pod is like the the part. And then, like, I don't know. Go I don't on. know the different. Go on. Oh, it's like, are you reading off I don't of, know. The, of the patent right now? I, I don't know the different parts of a fire extinguisher. The seed pod is like the canister. And then yes. there's like a stem going up. That's the hose. And then the flower is the nozzle. See? There you go. See? You I know. It. You've played the enough part Mario and then the Sunshine. part and the other part. <laughs> <laughs> no, this does. I, I like to imagine just with how much it's like sort of sticking to where she's, uh, where you, you can see where she sprayed it. I like to imagine it's like that, uh, that spray stuff that Iron Man uses in, uh, Infinity War to like patch up a hole in the spaceship yeah. where it's like the hardening thing. I got the sense that it's very like it, it, it felt to me like expanding foam or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah, that's rad. And this is all exciting. And fucking, we now have our... Man, what a good... I love the little, like, group pairings. Yeah. Uh, at the end of every, uh, every arc. So, uh, back on... Yeah, do the, we want to the... review, review where all of the main characters are right now? Yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, back on the, uh, back on the cliff planet we have upshur and doff with goose cliffania no 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 <laughs> fuck it is i think i already called it oceania once uh so back on cliffania we have uh <laughs> we have upshur doff goose and squire and friendo which is uh, i i love it not even and i would say that's you know not even main characters which is some of the best stuff, like when we got, uh, I loved the Gwendolyn Brand uh, Sophie stuff, when those yeah. were arguably not at least original core characters. And then we have the Will and Sweet Boy going back to, and by the way, we didn't even mention that, the whole uh, go back to the, the chick who calls you out on your bullshit. Oh, yeah. I love the I love the idea that you know that she's talking about Gwendolyn despite him having <laughs> literally... Formerly having a cat that calls him out on his bullshit and that is its instinctual <laughs> ability. But Oh, that's I, so I, true. I didn't even get that. I love I love just this concept of that's what he needs in his life, and that's unconsciously like why he picked Lion Cat is because he yeah. needs someone that calls him out on his bullshit. It's fantastic. So we have the Will and uh Sweet Boy going to I'm assuming track down Gwendolyn and if Sophie and Lion Cat are still with Gwendolyn. Yeah, we we haven't we haven't seen that crew in uh in a while. Eh? In, last in arc was the was the last. Well, where were they last? We saw them. Was that, that was, was it when the uh, brand got when chomped? he woke up? Uh, yeah, it was when they woke up the will after the brand got chomped. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and he yelled at them to get out, and that was the last time we saw them. 
and then we have on the rocket ship tree, we got uh, four and finally Hazel, Marco, and Alana, and fucking Petricor. Oh, I'm so pumped. Yep. Uh, good book. John. The good book. Do you have a favorite moment? Uh, the the daddy, daddy, daddy. Yeah, yeah. You know, you like me. it. You like, you like, you I like, like that daddy, daddy, daddy. <laughs> you like that daddy, daddy. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not gonna pursue this line of jokes right now. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably that's probably a good call. I th- I think my favorite moment is the when the will breaks down. The I miss you, mm. I miss everybody. Yeah, that's so raw. Yeah, just such such like actual fucking introspection. It's so good. And and actually on that moment, I think in my mind the soundtrack that plays when the will is walking away there for my song of the week is gonna be Everybody Hurts by REM. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was, I was, I almost uh, uh, suggested another song from that album. Oh, from uh, Automatic for the People. But you know, I'll save that for another one. I'm gonna say because we have so many reunions and and some uh, some departures. Are you gonna say reunited and it feels so good? God no. I'm gonna say okay. because we also have some departures in here. I'm gonna say we'll meet again by Vera Lynn. Oh, famously at the end of Doctor Strange Love, uh, is gonna be gonna be my song also referenced in pink floyd's the wall in the song called vera you know what that suddenly makes sense huh? <laughs> <laughs> we got that question theme Ooh. Ooh. The good shit. i've got i've got i've got a question i've got a question this week john you know <laughs> My question is, did somebody say bull? <laughs> Literally, as you opened your mouth to say it, it occurred to me what was coming. And I was yeah, so happy about I could, it. I couldn't, and, I couldn't keep a straight face. And that is legitimately our only... I am, I am literally crossing out my question on my notes. That is the question of the week. Uh, no, where can people find you? <laughs> I think we should have some questions of the week. Fuck no, fuck off. We have fucking 108 issues. One of the weeks can be, did somebody say bull? Okay, I guess so. Um, I don't know. You can find me uh, hiding in a box waiting are, for my cue. You're as deflated by this as everyone on the stage with me when that happened. <laughs> you just made the noise like my teacher looked when I looked back at her. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I'm also online and I'm uh, reading this book. Uh, and speaking of this book, a big thank you to Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples, Photographics, and Image Comics for making the best, gosh darn, dang tootin' comic book on uh, this side of the. Uh, fucking space and serpentine galaxy i think we did that last time that's why i stopped myself yeah. from saying it uh and Gar- this side of uh cliffania <laughs> and no i'm gonna need you <laughs> to deliver this final line here as if you were a first grader popping out of a box at a totally inappropriate time <laughs> action <laughs> 
Wait, should I should I say the bull thing or should I say the actual? <laughs> hold, on, no, hold on, hold on. Go with your heart here. Go with your heart on this one. Am I shitting? <laughs> and then hold on. And then we have the silence. No. <laughs> and we're out. Bye. Bye. Oh. And it's it's mostly just dominated by this kind of profound landscape. It's a cover that you can hear and smell when you look at it. Yeah, it's weird because both of both it both hears it both hears it both sounds it smells like uh paper and ink too. I've noticed that. Go ahead and cut that one out, Haley. <laughs>